0: hey my name is philip craig i'm the pastor here at aria church thanks so much for joining us i hope this podcast empowers you hope it fuels your faith and hope it impacts your life enjoy the message Thank you so much for the invitation to come and share today at um, R8. Um, I am the CEO, officially, um, of Aspire and I um, I help to lead Cara Craigavon Church as well in doing, and it is a joy to partner with R8 um, in serving young people, and helping and assisting young people, and also in serving Jesus um, across Craigavon. Um, so, yes, I am the CEO of Aspire and help lead Cara, but that tells you nothing about me um, of any real depth. Um, I support Man City. I always have. Um, I should have put some PowerPoints, uh, some slides up of me wearing a city kit as a kid. Um, I have uh, a wife, Heather. I have an 18-month-old daughter, uh, Sadie. And between last night and this morning, we caught a mouse in our house. Um, Yeah, absolutely terrifying. So um, on on Friday night, I was in bed, and Heather was still downstairs, and I heard her go, ah, Mark! And I thought, if she's been attacked, She's already she's already gone, there's no point in me going downstairs, it's not going to help things. But then I heard nothing else, and I was like, I should probably go downstairs, and she was like, I saw a mouse, I came like face to face with a mouse, and then we laid some traps, and there was no mouse being caught, and I thought, she has imagined this. Um, this morning, there was a mouse, so this morning at like 8 o'clock, I'm out in the back garden, like with the mouse trap, my hand wrapped in the Tesco bag, getting rid of it. That gives you more of an insight into who I am. But um, I've been asked to share this morning on being the church beyond the four walls and sharing a bit about aspiring that as well. And I love that. And Joey, I love that that you're looking at being the church beyond the walls, being the church beyond here. Because look, I love a good service. I love a banger in worship. I am a sucker for a slick sermon. But at some time or other, I have been, and I'm sure I'm not in the same boat unless I'm just really not holy. I've been bored, frustrated, and tired of church at times in my life. Does anybody else ever feel like that? And look, at Cara, the church that I go to, I lead worship and I preach, so I'm not knocking the stage. I'm on it. I know the importance of it within these four walls. I have needed the four walls of church. I personally have experienced loss, disappointment, and pain, and I have needed the comfort that can only be found within the four walls of the church. And every single week, the only reason I can talk about being the church out there is because every single week I need the encouragement, the wisdom, and the faith of the people in the church. Does that make sense? Um, The quickest way to say it is this is for that. So what happens in here for out there. I don't know where I'd be without the four walls, but at the same time, I need more and the world needs more. And I've been bored of church, but I've never, ever been bored of Jesus. And I once heard it said that Jesus never called the world to go to church, but the church to go to the world, right? So if this message was a tweet, that's all you remember, that is it, okay? But we'll get into the Bible because you're probably feeling nervous. There's somebody different preaching, and I haven't opened, touched, or quoted a Bible yet. So it'll be up on the screen as well if you want to follow along with a Bible on your phone, on Google, whatever. Um, Matthew chapter 4, 18 to 22 is where we are going, And this is Jesus calling some of the first disciples. Okay, so Matthew chapter 4, 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Brilliant, allow me to set some context to this because this sounds a bit random and actually it's not. And sometimes we like random. We like to just go, Jesus is so good. They just dropped everything and followed him. But we actually do this text a bit of a disservice when we do that because there's more in it. Okay, there's even more in it. So back in uh, in Bible times, when Jesus was walking around, every young man dreamed of being a disciple of a rabbi. This was like the cool, clever, prestigious thing to be. A bit like playing for Galavant is right now. Okay. <laughs> so if you were picked by the rabbis based off your ability when you were quite young, when you were just a teenager, to be his follower and a disciple, to learn his ways and understand not only the scriptures but the world through their eyes. So back when Jesus was, was walking here, he was a rabbi, you were called when you were young to be a rabbi based on your ability. Does that make sense? Okay, if you didn't get the call up, instead you'd have taken on your father's trade. This was seen as second best, disappointing, and in some ways you'd already failed. To modernize this, it's like a young boy having to play for Porter Down. Okay. So these men who are about to be called by Jesus, by God in the flesh, are working away at their father's business. They are fishermen. Does this make sense? They have already been told they couldn't make it. This is the significance of this. They were already told they had failed. They already felt second best. They already felt left behind. They already have been told, you're not enough. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever not been picked? Don't know if you can tell by the look of me, I was never picked first in PE. Have you ever not been picked? Have you ever not been chosen? Have you ever been left behind? Have you ever been left broken and then in this story where they're working away at their father's trade as fishermen Jesus the rabbi walks by and looks at these men and says the words that they never ever thought they were going to hear follow me I choose you you are called to follow me leave your disappointment behind and come and follow me and that is why in the story they drop their nets and they follow Jesus And this morning, I'm calling us, I'm calling you to be the church beyond the walls, but really what that means is Jesus is looking at you today, the divine eyes are scanning this room, and he knows you've been hurt, he knows there's disappointment in the room, he knows you've been let down, he knows some of us have even been let down by church, and to that he says, follow me, follow me, even beyond the walls of this church. And I'm going old school today, I've got three points um, for us to look at before we consider how we're going to respond to this. And I'll let you know what they are, so you can follow along, and then you'll know he's nearly finished. I also, I will never, I never talk for very long, in my head I always think, this is really long, and then I go, that was five minutes. Okay, so here's your three things we're looking at. You're chosen to follow, you're called to follow, and you were created to follow. So you're chosen to follow. Today, you in this room are chosen to follow. The beauty of this text, the beauty of the story of Jesus calling the fishermen is that you're not just invited to read this, to glean information from it or to be encouraged by it. Today, you are invited to immerse yourself in this text, to take part in what is going on. The Jesus who chose the second best, the Jesus who saw people who had decided they weren't good enough due to something that caused them trauma in their past, are still the people he calls. They are still the people he wants to use to see his kingdom come. And I work with young people in education who are from low-income families. That's what we do at Aspire. And um, stats tell us that these young people from a young age subconsciously self-exclude themselves from education when they're young, right? Some of us will remember this all too well. Because you know in primary school, there's different reading groups. Do you remember this, being in different reading groups? So they used to have like silly names and they were meant to not cause offense, but they always did. The top group was always like the Eagles. The bottom group was always like the ducks or the pigeons. You remember this, right? And you wanted to be an Eagle. Well, the stats tell us if you're a duck, right, and you're sitting, so normally in in primary school, you're doing your own work and the eagles are reading over there. If you're a duck and you hear the eagles reading something really, really difficult, and this happens normally whenever people are six, seven, eight years old, you're at your desk and you hear the level of words that they're reading over there and you think to yourself, I could never. The stats tell us young people, particularly young people from low-income backgrounds who are already behind in terms of language and literacy, at this point decide that they're stupid, second best, and not as clever. That's why Spire works with young people like that. But this is not just true for them in school. Is it? it's, it's true for us in life. I've seen other people achieve. You've seen other people succeed and get it right. And you've experienced your own mistakes. You've got things wrong. You've messed up. And you've self-excluded yourself from this call. I've done this. I go, no, nah, look at them over there. Look at what they're doing. I, even, I walk into all right, today, it's lovely and warm. And I know that in car right now, it's freezing. Um, you do these things and you self-exclude yourself. Already, some of you are listening to me now and in your head, you're self-excluding, thinking, yeah, but if only he knew. He knew how bad I was. He knew how incapable I am. This isn't for me. If he knew how stupid I am, Even though this isn't for me. But today, Jesus looks at you and he says, drop your nets and follow me because you're chosen to follow beyond the four walls of the church. You're called to follow them out there. You are chosen to follow. But you're not just chosen to follow, you're called to follow. As a Christian today, you're called to follow. Early Christians were called followers of the way. That's what they were known as, followers of the way, because they were following a way of living. Does this make sense? They were known for following Jesus. And by following Jesus, I mean following in his ways, in his lifestyle, in his compassion, and in his love, not just believing in their heads. Does that make sense? There's a difference between following and believing. My favorite quote ever that never fails to challenge me, I'm gonna put it on the screens, it's gonna ruin your life like it ruined mine, so sorry, but is following Jesus will always take us to people on the margins of society and if it doesn't, we need to ask ourselves, are we following Jesus at all? Following Jesus will always take us to people on the margins of society, and if it doesn't, we need to ask ourselves, are we following Jesus at all? That's from Pete Portal, and if you haven't read his book, which I can't remember what it's called, you should read it. He's only written one, so you'll find it. Do you remember what it's called? No, (laughs) we've definitely read it, I promise you. Okay. You see, following Jesus is what you're called to, but following Jesus has to actually look like something, okay? I was brought up in church my whole life. My faith didn't really used to look like anything. It was just a thing, okay? But following Jesus has to look like something. And with Jesus, it always, always, always looks like going to the margins, going to the hurting, going to the outcasts, going to the prayer, okay? This story, if you like read through the God, the, we're at Cara at the minute, I've been reading through Matthew for like a year and a half. I didn't think it would take that long. Um, and uh, I thought that, I thought this will do two months and we're still there. But um, the story is just Jesus going wider and wider and wider and wider of like you're in and you're in and the people that are on the edges are pulled in and the people that don't belong are told you belong and people are being pulled in. This is what it is to follow Jesus. See, if I said to you, right, see, we all really get on. We're all having a good time, right? If I was like, guys, follow me to McDonald's after church, right? And if you said to me, Mark, I believe you. I believe you're going to McDonald's. I have a faith that you're going to make it and you're going to have a good time. That's lovely, right? Thank you so much. But you haven't actually followed me. Also, if I said, no, no, honestly, follow me, right? We're going to McDonald's. And if you were like, Mark, I'm so sorry for the bad things I've done and I'm going to make amends. Again, that is really good. That is a really good thing to do as a Christian, I'm glad, but I'm still eating this Big Mac on my own. If I said, follow me, I expect you to get in your car or bike or walk, you know, save the environment. Keep your eyes on me and go where I go to the people I'm going to, to do the things I'm gonna do. Don't leave me sitting over there eating my McDonald's on my own. It's why worship of God, worship of the divine is essential. It's essential to our life as a Christian but there's a reason Jesus never asked the disciples to worship him, but instead said, follow him. Because it's easy to go, look at that guy. Jesus, look at that guy. But that wasn't enough for Jesus. He said, follow me. No, no, come with me. Do this too. Join in. This is where the action is. Pete Portal, who ruined my life with that last quote, also said this. God's way of saving humanity was to move towards danger, violence, injustice, and poverty. If we spend our life moving in the opposite direction to Jesus, towards ease and comfort, can we really say we're following him? I love that. Let's let's listen to it again. God's way of saving humanity was to move towards danger, violence, injustice, and poverty. And if we spend our life moving in the opposite direction to Jesus, towards ease and comfort, can we really say we are following him? Jesus didn't call the disciples to go to temple, to sing the latest bangers, and to start a small group, right? Important though, they did worship God. And Jesus did invest in small group, right? So we're not making light of these things. These things are important. But instead, Jesus also brought these boys to a place where no good Jewish boy should be. Jesus mixed with the worst of the worst. Jesus upset the, sta- the religious status quo. Jesus didn't have to throw a community party. We do this at Carol all the time. Do you know why? He was already invited to the parties in the community. Yeah, that makes sense. He was already being invited because he knew the people. He was invited to the parties already going on. Following Jesus doesn't lead to comfort. It leads to discomfort. Because Jesus probably, like, Jesus is fully gone of God and fully man. So you've got to know that as much as Jesus is fully divine, he probably felt awkward, too, in those situations. You know when you're out of thing and you're like, I don't know I should be here. They're all doing things I'm not doing. What do I do? I'll just sit here. And that's just me And anywhere in life. And... Um, Jesus was there. Jesus felt that feeling. So if you're, you're going, I don't know if I can reach these people. I don't know if I can talk to these people. I don't know if I can be with these people. Know that Jesus has went before you and that you are following him. Following Jesus doesn't lead to comfort, at least to discomfort. Um, me and Tim used to have this joke. It's a bit awful. But, um, so a lot of people that we sort of were trying to follow Jesus and help people, the, the people who you're trying to help end up being people who don't believe like you, who don't look like you and sometimes you don't smell like you. And um, I remember we used to, like, a lot of times, we were, like, working with different, different young young guys, and we're working with them, and we're ministering to them, and we're doing whatever. Um, whether it be the prayer room or the car, there's just that smell of, like, B.O., smoke and drink. Like, it's just left lingering. You're going, it smells like the kingdom. It's that's that's what we said. It's how we got ourselves through, and, and a good air freshener right sometimes we love to serve the world from the four walls of church and that has its place but when we only serve people from the building we turn people into projects service into volunteering and the church into a machine right and white put it this way the poor don't need a new pair of shoes or a meal they need a place at your table for the next 20 years right? The poor don't need a new pair of shoes or a meal, they need a place at your table for the next 20 years. Because when you invite someone into your house to sit at your table, they're now your responsibility. They're now in your life. Does that make sense? Um, often, when you see someone, like people were coming to me, it took me a long time to figure this out. I was just a car was buying people shoes willy nilly to me. Eh? It was like, wait, shoe shop? They got us confused. <laughs> is Car and Miller's coming up? as the same thing. Um, Miller's isn't Lurgan if you've never crossed that divide. Um, But what people need, if you have no shoes, if you have, like right now, if I ran out of shoes, if I ran out of money, if I ran out of somewhere to stay tonight, I have somewhere to stay tonight because I got so many people in my life who are going to go, I'll put you up, I'll look after you, I'll do this. When someone doesn't have these things, what they're missing is community, friend, and love. Does that make sense? And that's what Jesus calls us to be. If we keep the church in here, we'll never really make friends and journey people to wholeness. There'll always be someone we work with. I've made myself feel sick saying that before. I'm working with this guy, working with this guy. Well, that's not how Jesus spoke about his disciples. Jesus calls us friend. And Jesus asks us to pass this on to a world who needs it. So ask yourself, who was the last person that you had around for dinner that you knew couldn't return the favor because that's the thing we do in Northern Ireland. Do, do you want to come to my house for dinner? And we already know, like, at least a month later, I'm going to their house for dinner. It's not a real thing. Um, I watched this mafia film once, um, and they all were giving each other Christmas cards with like a million dollars in it, but they all did it. So nobody loses. Does that make sense? It looks like generosity, but it's not. It's like, whoa, all this money, but they do the same thing. That's what, that's what we do so often. But who was the last person you had around You're like, I know they're not going to do it back. not why i'm doing it i'm doing it because i'm offering a space at my table it's a great barometer for how we're following outside of these walls but remember as i said i'm not here to bring shame today this isn't a talk to say do more do better this is a talk to inspire you and to push you because move on to our last point you are created to follow you were made for this right there's a reason i'm describing having like bad smells in your house and like putting yourself out and there's some part of you going I feel kind of alive when I hear this stuff. You do serve days in Orient. I've seen this on Instagram, when you serve in the community. I take part in Craigalvin Glue, which is a bit like expression, you know? Tell me why. Why when I'm tired, when I'm worn out, when I'm covered in paint, when I'm surrounded by young people giving off, clearing out somebody's garden, why have I never felt more alive? Do you, you experience that at like community day? You're tired, you're like, this sounds rubbish. If I tell people in work, they're going to think I'm a nutter. This is what I'm doing on a, on a Saturday afternoon. But why do you go, this makes me feel alive. This feels better than chasing like money or stuff or status, making yourself less to help people who have nothing. It makes you you feel more alive because... You were created for this. These days are the best days of our lives. This is because Jesus called the disciples and he calls you because you were made for this. You were created to follow. You see, Jesus didn't really come to start a new religion or a new social club. Jesus didn't come to take over the religious scene. He came that you may have life and you may have it to the full. A Christian is not just somebody who follows in the way of Jesus. A Christian is somebody who follows in the way of Jesus to fully embrace the humanity that God had intended. God made us human and the live a certain way. And when we follow Jesus, we're living that way. God made us to live like this. And when we do, when we get alongside the poor and the broken and the needy, when we take people in and take people home, not only are they looked after, We come alive. This is what you were made to do. And this is why I've been so bored of church at times, but I've never, ever gotten bored of Jesus. Jesus is rearranging the world right now. He is reordering and restructuring the world in his image so that it looks more like heaven here on earth. And he invites you to play your part and to come and see it happen right now, out there in the streets, in Port as it is in heaven. That is the call and it's happening out there right now beyond the four walls does that make sense for me this has looked like a load of things okay I'll tell you a little bit of that and then we're going to respond and I'll be finished um I helped plant a church in Ardowan in Cregavon. I have moved in and I'm setting up my family in Parkmore um, in Cregavon. Um, I used to live in Morneview in Lurgan, which is it's hardly like Bel Air. Um, but I ha- I have a plumber who used to um, maybe sign like I was Irish. I have a plumber. Um, the guy who used to come and do plumbing for me, and when I lived in Monfey, when I moved to Parkmore, he came in and goes from the from the to the fire, and he told me, <laughs> he told me I was moving in the wrong direction. Um, but. This is, this is where I've positioned myself because I want to be around the people who need Jesus, right? And a couple of nights a week, I do spend time within the four walls of the Cara church building, I'm trying to build a family for the poor, the broken, and the let down that need it. But it led to me setting up Spar NI, and that's where I work. Um, and we have partnered with R8 this past couple of years. We have, like, people's Christmases have been made due to partnerships that we've had with R8. People have found joy. Children have got gifts. People have been looked after, people have been clothed and had school uniforms because of the partnership that we don't like plaster this stuff everywhere but because of what's going on behind the scenes, like you've made such a difference, right? It led to me setting up Aspire because did you know the biggest indicator as to whether somebody will achieve or not achieve an education is whether they're born rich or poor. Uh, that is a hard fact that I found out when I was training to become a teacher. I learnt that, the biggest indicator. So if someone's born poor, they're very likely not gonna achieve in an education. I learned that, and I realized that if in Lurgan, and in Portadown, and in Kergavan, the poor are being left behind in education. They're being left behind in jobs, being left behind in opportunities, and I had to do something about it, okay? Also, I learned at the same time, this is when I, I had a job working for this Christian charity, and I was at this uh, staff retreat thing, and they said 84% of UK Christians have university level education, right? So if you're poor, you're not likely to get five GCSEs. If you go to church, you're very likely to have been to university. There's a missing people group there, right? There's people who then therefore are not there in our churches. That's what really gave me the final push um, to set up a spire. I was kind of hoping somebody else could do this. Um, And then they read that stat out and that's what I had to do. So I believe that Christianity is about your individual salvation where you find Jesus, of course. But if it's not also about the liberation of the poor, if it's not also about the lonely being. Set in families, if it's not also about the silence being given a voice, then it no longer resembles the Saviour that we claim to follow. And at Aspire, we now work in 22 schools with over 200 young people across Kergavan and Belfast. And what do we do? We provide homework clubs. Okay, so I literally looked up what people didn't have, and then like provided the opposite. So it was like people don't have like space to do homework, like I sit at the kitchen table. So we're like, okay, we've got tables, we've got snacks, we've got food, we've got volunteers, youth workers who care about these young people, um, and we provide these homework clubs for young people. And then outside of that, we have a skills academy where they can learn how to like we do barista, Fat and Amoria. If you've been there, they open up and teach kids how to make like. Lattes and cappuccinos and stuff. We do a business academy where we're saying we believe that you can set up your own business right now. We don't believe you have to wait to go and do this stuff. We have arts academies. We go. The arts are for you. They're not just for people with a load of money whose parents were banning a load of stuff. They're for you. What do you need? Let's get you started in this, okay? And then we have we ra- wrap up our whole year with a camp where the kids are given an opportunity to explore faith, often for the very first time. Um, and the whole thing's funded as well. Um, the the camp stuff they fund it for cross community. So what we do is we go here's some Protestants, here's some Catholics. What do they have in common? Jesus, let's talk. Um, And that is what we do. And we need help though, by the way. We need people. We need you guys in this room as well. We need people who give us their time or their money or their prayers. I put money in the middle so it would seem softer um, to see this happen, right? So if you have any of those things, um, please come and grab me after if you want to do any of this, right? Because this for me is what it looks like to follow Jesus. I just had to have something that my faith looked like something tangible. Because I was made for this, and so were you. And Jesus says to you today, Come follow me. Come follow me out of here beyond the four walls. So, we're going to respond to this quickly. Um, I've still got six minutes. Um, so don't worry, I'm not going to use them all. Um, so, following Jesus will always take us to the people on the margins of society. And if it doesn't, we need to ask ourselves, Are we following Jesus at all? So, what's your response going to be to this? You are chosen, you are called. You were created to follow Jesus and to follow him beyond the four walls of the church and into the margins. And actually, I don't want to be too prescriptive because this can look differently for all of us, right? This can look differently for all of us. I don't want to just give you five ways to be outside the church walls, but I have to have four questions to ask yourself. So first of all, ask yourself this, who could you have over for dinner this week? Or if that's unaffordable, who could you take for a coffee? Or who could you... Do whatever you're going to do, buy a chocolate bar for this week, that really needs it? Who really, who's in your life, do you know, they need that? I just need to make some time, I'm following Jesus. Who could you reach out to this week that you know, they just need a friend right now? Might not need a meal or a coffee, but they need a friend. They need a person who's going to sit beside them. Third question is probably the most challenging one. What's holding you back from embracing those in the margins? And what has to go? So that you can do it. The guy Pete, who I shared to a couple of quotes, I was at a seminar his wife was doing, and she was talking about how someone said, I don't want to invite loads of like prayer people to my house because I've got like a big TV. She said, Jesus didn't call you to have the TV, they called you to have the prayer people over. If you have to get rid of the TV to follow Jesus, then that's what you have to do. Like, what is it? What is it that we need to get rid of so that we can do what we're called to do? And could you volunteer to like a spire or reach? Is there some way that you can fit into your life, how you're gonna join in what God's doing with, with kids who need it right now. But What's your response gonna be? You don't have to take one of those. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? When you hear this and you go, I'm feeling a bit alive, what is it? What is it that you're going, I have to do that? I have to get out there. Because otherwise you're gonna get bored, and you're gonna walk away. I have to get out there. I have to get out there beyond the four walls hope you enjoyed the podcast today i hope it encouraged you there's a few things i'd love you to do i'd love you to subscribe to our youtube itunes or spotify account this is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now cannot wait to see you next week on the Church podcast